been a wonderful week. Uh, we're going to get into just a, a new topic from promises to power, from promises to power. So uh, just in advance, there will be a lot of scriptures. Uh, if, I go, if I go too fast, you can get them on the, <laughs> on the video, okay? But I'll try to do the best I can today, right? Right, a uh, lot, 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 uh, <laughs> lot of word for us today. Um, and actually, what, what triggered uh, this teaching, I've been meditating on while the Lord revealed it, when we, t- we uh, taught on uh, healed and whole. We taught on healed and whole. Um, and so, so, again, what God is trying to show us, been showing us, you know, like Christ came for a lot of things, and he did come that we can have a life and have it more abundantly. He did come to make sure we can actually get back into fellowship with God. That was a wonderful thing. Uh, but also, he came to show us how to live this life, like he was an example. So it could be one thing, okay, these fools don't lost their mind. They done missed out on heaven. I'm going to die for them. That's cool. All right. These fools done lost their mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I, you know, I just got to do something to, to get them back in the pocket. But not only that, it's like I'm not just going to show up and almost look at you like what's wrong with you. I'm actually going to actually go through the experience to show you you can get through it. And then I'm going to show you some tools on how to benefit from the life you're really supposed to have. Right, so, so I mean, because he could have just showed up and died for us and left, you know, got, you know, got right back to the Father, <laughs> you know, because he was sitting there on the right hand of the Father with all power. He could have just came down, all right, I die for you, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I don't want to spend no time down here. But, you know, he spent 30 years in kind of, the Scripture says he was touched on all points as we were, but he sinned not, just to show it was possible, Right. And, uh, but also, what I was seeing through the, through the Scriptures, Christ came to show us the power we have available through God's promises. He came to show us the power we have available through God's promises. And so, so what's so interesting in this life is like we have, uh, we have a lot more available to us than we realize. You know, they say you only use 10% of your brain. Um, you know, uh, I was, uh, I told you I was lifting at the gym and this guy came to me and says, man, uh, you're really kind of working against your body. You're lifting the wrong way. You're not really getting your back, you know, you know, big back, big bench. So he's like, you're not really getting your back until you're using too much of your, your, your delts. And so you probably have a lot of shoulder pain, which he was accurate. And so he says, man, if you just, if, 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 if you can get that back into it and get that push into it, keep them elbows in like we, like we do in basketball. He said, you can get more power. And he said, you got all those muscles, but you ain't really using them like you're supposed to. He said, you got a lot more strength than you can, than you realize. So at that point, I probably just got back to 300, but I was kind of like, hey, could you come spot me? <laughs> you know, we're supposed to get a spot anyway, but certain things I could do without a spot. This guy, that, that before that week's over, I think I lift like three, 335. Haven't done it since that day because he ain't there. <laughs> now, he ain't there, not, he ain't there to make me do something I don't want to do. See, when you're by yourself, you start to think about the weights falling on your behind. <laughs> or you start, if I don't get this up, this is not going to be pretty. I'm going to have to, you know, crawl from under the weight. Um, so, but what I took out of what he said is he says, you have more power in you than you realize. So I think, you know, uh, uh, remember when they was on a boat and Jesus said, where is your faith? Mm-hmm. Now, it was a storm going on at that time. And he's in a boat sleep because he said, let's go to the other side. He gave his what? His word. So his word is almost like his promise. Hey, let's go to the other side. So they're like, master, master, don't you care that we perish? But he, he's probably thinking, I told you we was going to the other side. What do I care about the circumstances? Right? So, so he got up and he spoke to the storm. He said, peace be still. Then he just looked at them. Where is your faith? Right. Like you, you have more power over this storm than you realize. Uh, there's, a, there's a song. I, I've, I've used it probably about uh, 30 or 40 times in a sermon. It's called I Choose Joy by Larnell Harris. I uh, love the song. 
But I love the lyrics in it because it says, God wants to know what you're doing under there. And so, so what he's saying is like, we, sometimes we're praying for stuff and God is not, oh my God, let me hurry to the rescue. God's like, how you get in that situation? Based on your ability that I gave you, how could you possibly be under something that you should be over? Amen. Right? Like, 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 like uh, the scripture says it after Galatians, after it says you're on the tutors and governors to the appointed time of the father, right? The, the, the heir of scripture equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, Galatians 4, 1 and 2. It, it goes down to verse 8. It says, why would you fall to the weak and beggarty elements of bondage after I've freed you and give you power over stuff? He said, I don't get it. That's like with the children of Israel, he released them for bondage, and some of them was thinking about going back. Like when they got to the Red Sea, they started to question Moses. They was like, man, you know, we, we, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be going through this if you ain't bring us out here. After all these signs and wonders and miracles, they was willing to go back to what they cried to get out of. No, wait, wait. They was willing to go back to what they cried to get out of. You still think I'm talking about the children of Israel? Right? Like, you know, like, like we pray for God to get us out. He gets us out, and we're crying to go back because of the circumstances before us. Same God that got you out is the God that can get you through the circumstance. But I said all that to say Christ came to show us because I think God after a while got tired of like, are we serious right now? Why are you letting people have power over you that you have more power than? All right, Christ, could you go and at least show them how to do this thing right? How to recognize what, what they have available to them. How to really live the kingdom life on earth, right? And so let's go to Psalm 105. We'll, we'll start there. Uh, I already told you there's a lot of scriptures. So, um, and to get it all in, I might have to go a little fast. Psalm 105, 8. Next scripture is 1 Kings 8, 56. And then scripture after that is Hebrews 10, 23. I'm just giving you the scriptures in advance, so when I go to them, you can't say you didn't have them. I said 105, 8, that's the one we at. But I was giving you the next one, which is 1 Kings 8, 56, and then the one after that, Hebrews 10, 23. So now you got advanced scriptures before I get there, right? That's too much to start with the scripture I just told you and to leave it at that. Psalm 105.8, you don't want the advanced scriptures? Yeah. Some of y'all saying yeah, some of y'all saying I'll just stick with the one scripture and once you finish that, I'll catch up. All right? Okay, it's cool. I was just trying to help. <laughs> All right? So did y'all get that? The next scripture is what? 1 Kings 8.56? And the next scripture is what? Hebrews 10.23. Right? So y'all already got those, so you can't be acting like you're going to be looking. You, what scripture, Venetia? Yeah, yeah, you should have been paying attention. Yeah, yeah, don't be looking back there distracting him. He ready. All right? Talking about, you know, I'm, I, I know I got to be somewhere. What'd she say this morning? I know I got to be somewhere. You know, I got my schedule to be there at a certain time. With my, with my cushion to be late. You know, you miss stuff when you're late, right? All right. This is a class thing. I'm just trying to let her know that we don't have grace periods in the kingdom. We, we show up on time. We don't want to miss nothing. Right? All right, good. All right, so now everybody got time to get there, right? I used Venetia to help y'all to get there. All right. No, you're not locked out. You went to the wrong door. You should have picked up on what was going on. If you was here early, you would have known that. Boom. Anyway, so Psalm 105.8. Don't get me started. I got the mic. They don't even hear what you said. They're only going to hear me. All right, so Psalm 105. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, right? A couple of these I'll read out of the Amplified, Classic Amplified. It says, he is earnestly mindful of his covenant, like his covenant, and that's his promises and his word, and forever it is imprinted in, in his, on his heart. The word which he commanded and established to a thousand generations. So the first thing we, we have to understand is when God gives a promise, God, you, you know how sometimes we promise something and then we forget we promised it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You just did it this week. 
Oh, my, my bad, babe, I forgot. Oh, I did tell you I was going. Oh, man, my. No, no, no. God is not like that. God pours out a promise, and as soon as it's poured out, it's engraved in his heart. So God can't let that promise go until it's accomplished. That's how he operates, right? According to the scripture. Now, 1 Kings 8.56, I gave you that already, right? 1 Kings 8.56. And I do it this way because I don't ever want you to be taking my word for it. I want you to take his word for it, right? Not my word, his word. A lot of things that aren't behind a lot of pulpits sound good, but they didn't necessarily come from God. And if you don't know the word, you don't know. Sometimes somebody's teaching you a song or some cliche. Sometimes they're teaching you, it sounds like word of Shakespeare. <laughs> Sorry about that. I messed up your sermon this week. My bad. All right, so, so 1 Kings 8.50 says, I didn't say no names, so don't think I'm, I'm trashing nobody because I didn't say no particular person. But that is, I just told you what I told you was true, though. Right? Just so we be more averse. That's what we talked about in Bible school, right? You know, so we really, you know, what Ty talked about it this morning, right? Like, so we're, we're properly representing the word, right? So we're, what do we talk about? Uh, honesty, right? Right? Having a level of, of what was the phrase we used? Intellectually honest, right? When we're sharing the word, right? So that's why I give you scriptures so you can search the scriptures, see if it's so for yourself to see if I'm being intellectually honest, right? Right? My opinion, we don't know. We don't know. All right, so first, you got time to get there. Now, everybody should be at First Kings 8.56 by now, right? Amen. All right, so uh, it says, Bless be the Lord. I'm reading it amplified again. It says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, right? According to all that he what? Promised. It says, No one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through Moses' his servant. It says, Not one word failed of anything he promised. How many? Not one. Right? So, so, so again, we talked about this in Bible school yesterday. What, what helps you to operate in the kingdom is knowing God, right? Yes. And so, 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 so we're going to get to know God. And then now when we start talking about promises to power, we'll know why it's so easy for the pastor to communicate that. Because the pastor knows God, right? If you don't know God, you can know Scripture but not know God and second-guess the Scripture. But if you know God, you know how God operates, right? Amen. Right? All right, so Hebrews 10.23, I'm just being patient right now, but I'm about to pick it, I'm about to speed up. I'm telling you ahead of time. So. so just write down the scripture and you can go back and reference it later when I go faster, okay? All right, so Hebrews 10.23, it says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess in our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, look, and faithful to his word. He who promised is reliable and sure and faithful to his word. So I, if I can find it in the promise, I almost found a guarantee. Not almost. I found a guarantee. See, that's why if you, if you pray anything according to his will, his word, his promise, you can have those petitions because it's God's word. He, can't, he, he cannot lie. We'll get to that scripture in a second in Numbers, but he cannot lie. It has to happen. Now, so, so, so again, we understand the, the promises of God is in his heart. So I might want to know what the promises is. Like, like, so I can't, I can't believe for something that God didn't promise and expect God to come through. I just made up something. I was influenced by the world. I was influenced by enticed into something, and I go, see, God didn't come through. God didn't promise that. But if I can guarantee God promised it, then I almost can, not almost, I can guarantee it's going to manifest. So a lot of times when we're doing stuff outside of God's will, because we feel like it's the thing to do, and God is not coming through, and we find ourselves like that rat on a wheel, 
God didn't promise that. He, there's nowhere he says, I'm going to endorse what you want. He says, I'm going to endorse what I promise. Okay? Now, why? Why, why, is, why is the, the promises and this power, how does this line up? All right, so John 6.63, I know I didn't give you that in advance, but Psalm 29.4 is what I'm going to go to next. John 6.63 is where I'm at now. 20, Psalm 29.4 is what I'm going to go to next. John 6.63. All right, so it reads this, all right? John 6.63. Give you a little time to get there, right? I, it says this. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. That word quickeneth makes alive, right? Awakens, right? Adds life or power to it. It says, the flesh profiteth nothing, right? That's why we said the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, right? It says, look, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. Now, the, that last statement is after the colon. The first statement is the crystallized message of what he's trying to say. The spirit's quickness, the flesh profit of nothing. On the other side of the colon, he's breaking it down. The words that I speak to you, they're spirit and life. He's saying, you, these aren't regular words. They're spirit and life. They have quickening power within them. So when you, so, so, so uh, the man of God speaking you out in the hallway, the words going forth, and you got something else going on. Life-changing words are being spoken. And we casual with it. We're choosing whether to read the word or read something on Facebook instead of having our face in the book. Right? Now, now, now again, I didn't, say, I, I didn't say don't do Facebook. You didn't hear me say that. So, so drop your rocks. Because sometimes we convert everything into judgment. Right? No, what I said was, we have a choice to read the word. Ty talked about this morning. So the Lord said, the Lord tell him to, uh, hey, it's a good time to read. And Ty be like, well, just give me 15 more minutes. You know, I got to watch this show. You know, right, right. So, so again, when we have the choice, are we choosing life words? And you know why God prompt Ty or he's prompting some of us? Because he sees what we're going through. And he says, I got promises for that. And, and I, I got power to change that. Hey, check this out. And, and, and you, we may think, what is this? Have, how could this know my situation? This was written before your situation. When I first started reading the Bible, first Bible, my, my sister gave me a Bible. Maybe it's not the first time I started reading the Bible when I started taking it serious. I couldn't believe it. I said, how does all these words line up with my life? They weren't here when this was happening. But I'm assuming that the stuff that I go through is new. <laughs> God already in advance saw everything I was going to go through. He made a way of escape that I'll be able to bear it. Right? Is that 1 Corinthians 10, 13? All right, so let's go here to Psalm 29. So, so, so we know the word is quick. We, we know these promises are in God's heart. And we know when God speaks out his word, he's speaking out his promises, right? But this is, this is not regular words that is coming out. These are quickening or, or life-giving or, or resurrecting power words that are being um, poured out from God. All right, so, so and, and we're not going to take my word for it again. We're going to read the Bible, right? Psalm 29.4 says, the voice of the Lord is powerful. Right? Look, look, the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. So God speaking is not just basic words. These aren't, these aren't everyday words. There's power inside. Right? And then so, so, and so, so when Jesus came, he wanted to remind us, like, do you understand what y'all got? What y'all have access to? And, and, and how nothing can stop you? All things are possible to him that believes. With man is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. Do you understand what you have? Right? And, and so, uh, 
he started to show them by example. He wanted to give them a picture of, 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 what they, of, of the power, the access they had to power. All right, so Matthew 7. Because what happens is when, when somebody starts to display something that, that seems phenomenal and unbelievable, it's attractive. Now, a lot of us, we were attracted by things of the world. We, were, we, we basically were attracted by mag- magicians, right, instead of power. You know, so, so there was things that, hey, how did they do that? But it was sleight of hand, right? Yeah, you know, because it was, it, it's sleight of hand based on our visual perception. You can distract somebody from, from seeing the reality or actuality. You know, they have the, they have the little video where there's a whole lot of commotion going on in the room. And then they say, what did you see? And people tell everything they see. They say, you didn't see that monkey running through the room? Then they played it back, and it was a monkey running through the room the whole time. But no one saw it because they, threw, they, they distracted their visual. Right? And that's what, that's what good illusionists or uh, magicians do. I think it's a movie called The Illusion, the, the Illusionist or something like that. But he was showing how everything was sleight of hand. You're looking at one thing with something else going on. We used to play three-card money, you know, and what we would do is we'd show you a card, show you a red card and two black cards. And then we would go like this, and it looks like, here, follow the card, follow the card. The whole time you think you're following the card. I don't switch the cards. I got so good at it, I could do it with one hand. I could show you all three cards in my hand like this, throw them down. You saw how I threw them down, but you didn't see me switch them. With, with just in one hand, I throw them down. That's how I used to get my lunch money in, in high school. Seriously. I used to do, hey, show me the cards. Find a card, find a card. Because math was so easy, I would finish the math. I was like, man, I, I'm going to make some money here. I'd lift up my math book and play three-card money. And so, so what I'm telling you, it was sleight of hand. And so a lot of times we get pulled into amusement and things that feel good, sound good, look good, but it's sleight of hand, right? And, and Jesus said, the whole time, you're supposed to be getting power, but you're getting pulled into being powerless, right? But you don't realize it, but it's sleight of hand. You think you're getting something that's going to benefit you, but it tricked you. So he came and showed them the right way. And so uh, Matthew 7 22, no, Matthew 22. That's what I told you our first time, didn't I? I said seven? Oh, well, stay in Matthew 7 then. <laughs> Matthew 22 is the next one. So Matthew 7, 28. Look, it says, in the Canaan past, when Jesus had ended these sayings, so now Jesus is communicating. He's speaking. He's breaking down things. He's breaking down behavior. He's breaking down how, how to build a firm foundation. He's sharing the narrow way. Remember, there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace. He shared that earlier in this chapter. He also shared earlier in this chapter, seeking you, might, you, sh- you shall find. Knocking shall be open, right? Knocking the door shall be open, right? Asking it shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knocking the door shall be open. He shared that earlier in this chapter too, right? So he's breaking down how to ask how to get what you need. He's breaking down, oh, stay on the right path, narrow is the way, right? He's breaking down your behaviors, all those things. And then when he ended the speech, it says, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. It says, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. So he's teaching things of doctrine like the scribes did, but his words did something to them. So he spoke words with power. See, the words that I speak, their spirit and their life. So, so they, they, when they were sitting there, it wasn't just that they got revelation and information. Something shook within them. Remember when Jesus was walking, at the, when he was resurrected, he was walking with them, he was talking to them on the road to uh, it was Emmaus, right? And it says, didn't our hearts burn? Mm-hmm. See, see, when, 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 when God's promises and his words come out, they have power in them. They do something to you. Just, just somebody reciting uh, words, that don't do nothing to you. That's just information. But that doesn't change you. That doesn't wake you up. That doesn't heal you. The, the Bible says I sent, he sent his word to heal us. 
He sent his word to heal us. Like, do you understand? Like, through the word. So there's something inside that word that can heal you. There's something inside that word that can quicken you. You no longer be doing, you know, like, so, so in our life, we're in search of significance, but ultimately we want to be fulfilled. And so you know how when you first get the house, you think that's going to fulfill you? Get the house. I got a house, okay? So just in case somebody thinks I'm saying I'm getting the house. But what I'm saying is the house is a part of your life, but it's not going to fulfill you. And, you know, then now it's like, man, I got the house. I got the car. Uh, uh, you know, okay, okay. We married. Now what? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're still in search of fulfillment. And the whole time is packaged inside of God's Word. You know, you got people that are single, and they're in search of, okay, uh, uh, since as if we're married, and all we do is date. You know, as a single person, you're like, look, that's special. Date, all we do is date. We busy. <laughs> Right? But, but, but the interesting thing is, you know what we're busy doing? Spending time with God. We pour into each other out of our relationship with God. Our first relationship is with God. And His Word and His promises, it gives us power to love one another. Remove the Word, she ain't loving keep. Keep going to get on her nerves. Really? He was like, that's right. How you know? <laughs> you going like, amen. You can say amen any other time. Amen. You're going to get on her nerves. <laughs> Yo, something else around here. All right, Matthew 22. Let's go to Matthew 22. It's like, amen. That's right. Stop getting on her nerves, Pastor. But, but I, was, I said that to say when you're single, like, okay, so, so, so I, I went from all in with God, reading all the time. I remember I was transitioning, so they had stole my car so many times in New Jersey. I came to Ohio without a car. So, so, so see, see I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to prove nothing to nobody. I ain't had no car. I caught the bus. Like, so what? I ain't caught a bus in I don't know how long, but I sure caught the bus. You know what? I got so much reading it. Then when I went to buy a car, I wasn't even happy. Because I was like, how am I going to get my reading in? That's how much that the, the words were, were giving me power. Like, it's almost like I, I was addicted. So I was like, how am I going to read? I, I'm not saying you should do this. but So I started reading at the stoplights. We get to the stoplight, I start reading. You know, I, was like, I, I just needed to read. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, man, I got to drive now. You know, on the bus, I can get, I can get a lot of chapters in, you know what I'm saying? But now I got to drive. See, 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 so for me, I wasn't bored as a single because I was, I was on this adventure. I was constantly gaining power and insight and wisdom and realization of stuff in the Word. I couldn't wait to get off work to get back home and get in the Word. So how am I bored? I got plenty of time in the Word. And the trip is I, I realized something. You can't get that time back. I don't have that type of time now. So some of y'all single, you're wasting time. You could actually be getting power to be ready for the relationship. Because if you ain't got no power, you ain't going to be able to love nobody. And they definitely ain't going to love you. You're going to show up without power just draining them. <laughs> I don't know. Did that, did that, that ain't come across? Is that okay? Yeah. I ain't say no names. Anybody. Thank you. Anybody. Well, since you're single, we'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go. <laughs> look, look. So, so, look, look. So, so Jesus tried to show them that power, but then he started to look at them like, like especially like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, like, what are y'all doing? And, and uh, Matthew 22, 29. Yeah, because people start, the Sadducees and all of them start rolling up him, questioning him, you know. Like, and, and this is the thing. This is how we do too. Asking questions as if I have all knowledge. See, I'm asking questions because I'm trying to learn is one thing. But asking questions as if what I've known up to this point is all I need to know, that's questioning. That's saying you're finished. 
ain't none of us finished. Right? So, but they were asking questions as if, well, we already got all the wisdom. Let's make sure you're up to our, our, our speed. Talking to Jesus. So, so Jesus said this, uh, verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, look, and the, nor the power of God. He says, you err. You don't really know. The, the word know means to be intimate with. You're not intimate with the scriptures, so you don't know the scriptures or the power that's in them. You're just trying to bind people to hoops and and, and, and creating hurdles of bondages so you can get your penance to build your temples. You're, you're hustling for something that's inside the word that you're trying to hold people accountable to, that you're twisting up. You don't know the scripture or the power, because if you did, you wouldn't have to hustle. You know you got everything inside this word. Right? So he was, he was he's trying to school them. Look, the uh, scripture says 1 Corinthians 1.18, just write it down. It says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It says, but, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That word that's expressing Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to us is power. But to the world, it's, it's foolishness. That don't make no sense. That's crazy. Sure, I don't even believe that. So, so see, again, when you're, when, when, when you're clouded, you're powerless. When you're powerless, you're desperate. When you're desperate, you're thirsty. When you're thirsty, you'll take anything to, satisf- to, to comfort you in a moment. Powerful people don't just take anything. Powerful people are patient enough to wait for what's going to give them fulfillment and power. Weak people, take, they just operate desperate. Now, now don't, don't get all mad. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, we've all been weak at a time in our lives. We all go through times of weakness. And again, if you want to be strong, you got to recognize where you're weak. You got to recognize what you can't do to do better. Like, some of us, listen, some of us have one Bible and we barely use it. Catch you in a moment, couldn't even find it. You got all this power that you just sitting around. Then you, then you got this line. Uh, How do you walk with the Lord? I pray all the time. But the scripture says if you pray according to his will, he hears you. That's what it says. So if I'm not reading the word, I'm not accessing power. How do I get through the situations I'm in? Remember the, the, the sons of Sceva, we, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. It says those demons jumped all over them. They said, Jesus we know because he's powerful. He speaks powerful words. He's always binding and loosening us in the spirit realm. Paul we know, he's powerful. He's always speaking powerful words. He's binding and loosening us in the spirit realm. But who are you? We ain't never seen you. Hey, hey. Our atmosphere ain't never shook because of what came out of your mouth. Man, please. And they jumped all over. Because they was, they was reciting and mimicking words. They wasn't intimate with the power that was inside of the words. So when they opened their mouth, man, please. You know, like when somebody's guessing, get out of here. A dog knows when you're afraid. Get, and you backing up. <laughs> that dog smells fear. <laughs> right? But I guarantee, well, y'all might not want to try this because if you, you're afraid, you're going to blame me. But anytime a dog's ever come at me, I just reach like I'm going to pick up something, and they run. You know, I'm from Brick City. There's plenty of stray dogs. Yeah, I used to be running, and dog just run up, and my first reflex is reach like I'm going to get something. Dogs start running every time. Now, I told you, don't try it. Unless you, because if you, if you have doubt in your heart, you're going to be like, see, that don't work. <laughs> Look at these bite marks. <laughs> if it shall not doubt in your heart, <laughs> you ain't going to get no power in fear, right? So, so, so what, what Christ was trying to show us, he was trying to show us God's creative power. 
The nature of his love is in every breath of the word. The nature, because love is power, right? And so when God spoke the world into existence, it was because God is love, right? We at times or, or sometimes operate in love, but God is love. So he's so full of love, the number one attribute of love is giving. So he, had to, he wanted to give himself away in, in creating Jesus, creating the Holy Spirit, but creating man to pour his love into. It was all about, and he created this wonderful, intricate world for us to, uh, for us, uh, uh, giving us richly all things to enjoy, right? For us to live a life of heaven on earth. See, he created the earth realm, so if you utilize the things from the heaven realm, you operate in the supernatural. But if you just, all you can see is what's in the natural, you just live in a natural life. But from a child, we would train some powerful words for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. For us to live a life on earth as it is in heaven. Because in the beginning, God created heaven and earth at the same time. But see, when we, when we soak in the world, we can't even see the heaven realm. All we can see is circumstances. So then we're going to be depressed. We're going to be hopeless. We're going to be desperate. Because we live, we, we, we try to call ourselves living practical as opposed to living powerful. See, we'll, we'll, we'll stop at practical. You know, I'm just, just trying to be practical. Are you trying to be powerful, though? That's a whole nother level. See, that's, that's that, that kingdom life. The kingdom life is beyond just practical. You know, well, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to use common sense. No, 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 no. We, 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 we're trying to operate in uncommon power. We ain't just trying to limit our life to common sense. Ha- Listen, use common. I mean, don't throw away common sense. Don't be doing stupid stuff, right? But, but don't limit yourself to that. And that's why we can't, we can't grasp the impossible because we can't control it with our mind. It has to satisfy our mind all the time. But the Bible says the things of God are foolishness, Right? To the natural man, right? The first Corinthians one. Well, it says the natural man understands or discerneth not the things of God. But if I know I'm saying the scripture wrong, right? He doesn't receive the things. But the natural man receiveth not the things of God for their foolishness to him, for their spiritually discerned. I said it. Neither can he know them for their spiritually discerned, right? Right, they're picked up by the Spirit, right? And then so, of course, that natural man, the natural man is logical, intellectual, but when, when it comes to some of the things God does, that same intellectual, high-level thinking person in the natural is a fool if they can't receive what God is doing because God ain't doing everything to line up with our intellect, right? Does that make sense? So again, he's showing us this creative power. You know, we were made in God's image after God's likeness, right? So the number one attribute that we're supposed to have is, is the ability to create. Remember, God saw darkness and never spoke it at, at one word of it. He never go, man, it's dark up in here. Can't believe Satan came down here and created a boy. Not one time did he mention it. The next thing came out of his mouth was what he desired, light. It says he saw darkness and void upon the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. He spoke creativity into a place of void. See, we, we, we say too much of what's already existed. We're supposed to be speaking what we desire. With creative power. Right? All right, so, so remember in Genesis 2, it says God breathed into Adam and he became what? A living soul. A speaking spirit is what that means. So, 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 now think about it. There's a whole lot of other things living that don't have the power that we have. Dogs aren't snared by the words of their mouth. Life and death aren't the power of the dog's tongue. Or any other animal for that matter. With the exception of the donkey in the Bible. <laughs> You don't see, I mean, we ain't all Dr. Doolittle out here, right? You know, that, that's, that's, that's fiction, right? Right? 
These ain't a bunch of, our animals aren't talking to us. Okay? We good? <laughs> You're not having no conversations with your turtles. All right? No, you're not. I'm not saying you, they, they, they can't communicate through their bark or whatever and they're not smart. That's not what I said. We're talking about literally understanding specific words that somebody's communicating. Okay? Not you. Everything you just determined that dog said could be a lie. Because the dog can't go, that's not what I meant. So you can walk around the whole day going, yeah, he's just tired, and he's mad at you. <laughs> right? right? And then you rolling with that because he can't go, really? That's what you came up with, tired? No, I'm tired of your mess. That's about it. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so we're speaking spirits. We're snared by the words of our mouth. Life and death are in the power of our tongue. Right? We have what we say. We can say to the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea. If we don't doubt in our heart, it's going to happen exactly the way we said it. If we're speaking God's words. The scripture says angels hearken to the voice of God's word because it's powerful. Angels, angels can't go, well, hold on, I, I want to think about if I want to do that. Soon as they hear the power of God's promise, they move and act on your behalf. So as so, soon as they hear it, because angels aren't like, we came into the choice realm. Angels is in the obedient realm. Any angel that's not obedient in the obedient realm gets kicked out. Ask Satan and the other worshiping angels that was with him. Every, every other angel that's left, the messenger angels, the, the warrior angels with Michael and Gabriel, obedient. So when they hear the voice of God's word, they move. And they probably learned a lesson <laughs> from, Saint, from Lucifer and his angels. <laughs> like, man, he didn't even get a chance to negotiate. He gone. The Bible says he felt like lightning, right? All right, so with that in mind, and God breathed into us to speak, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, because what we're talking about we're talking about from promises to power, but what we're talking about, there's power in God's promises. Inside of his word, inside of his covenant, there's power in those words, right? So you can't be casual with the word. Let's see. First uh, Thessalonians 1, verse 5. It says, for our gospel... Our good news, our word of God, however you want to put it, came not unto you in word only. Look, he said, our gospel came not in your word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So he says, our gospel, did just, it wasn't just words. It was power. Remember, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, he says, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Right? So he says, I didn't just be, I wasn't just talking. I was speaking words that had power on the inside. And the thing is, you might say, well, I, I, I've, I've spoken the word, I've read the word, I, I, I haven't seen that. You, oh, no, 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 you got to know the word. Be intimate with it. You got to go, you got to dig deep to tap into the power. <laughs> hey, you're just not going to get it on the surface? See, 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 when you go deep, the only way you can go deep in the Word is you got to bring your heart with you. And once your heart taps into that Word, see, see, because something, you have a treasure hidden in your earthen vessel. It's called faith. And, and once you, you, see, to go deep, it takes faith. And then once you go deep, your heart goes with you. Now that, that word starts to germinate and, and power is exploded out of it. But you're not just going to get that casual. And, and this, is, this is what happens is, if you think about it, goes, we talked about this in Bible school. You go through your history, the Satan has tried to trick us for a long time. 
So I'll say this, whether you believe it or not, it's true. God doesn't make anything less than a genius. So there's genius in all of us. It's just some of us were in environments that stimulated our genius. Some of us ignored the stimulation. And some of us just wasn't in environments to be stimulated. But God loves us and God set the members in the body as it pleases him. He puts us in a body so our genius can be stimulated. But we pick and choose because we're prideful, we're stubborn, we're casual. We're, 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 we're prideful, so we go, well, I don't want to act like I don't know this stuff. You don't have to act. You don't know. It ain't acting. But that's, see, see, God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble. You have to humble yourself. Everybody got to start somewhere. I, now, I wasn't a... Uh, uh, as a, coming into really being serious about a Christian, I wasn't like no teenager. I, I mean, I, I'm in a grown adult, and some of the some of the young kids knew more than I did. I was like, that's deep. I wonder how they know that. Like, like you know, because they have been raised up differently. But I wasn't like, I'm an adult. I know more than you. I was like, so what did you just say? That's how I am. Like, so, so help me out with that. Because the thing is, I wasn't going to get no power unless I actually invested my heart to be intimate. And so we have this little thing. Now, I'm just not a word person. and I'm a visual person. Everybody's a visual person. Stop. Stop saying that, please. Don't say it no more. Everybody is. Either you're inner visual or out of visual, but everybody's visual. If you read something, you got to see it. So God gave all of us imagination. But we, we limit ourselves from reading and studying and getting into the Word because we say, no, that's just not me. Okay, good. So now let's, let's, let's bury you and get the God-designed version. How about that? Because the god design. why would God write His Word and not want you to, to, to spend time with it? Why would it say give attendance to reading if it's not important? Why would He say meditate on the Word day and night? If it only applied to people that are not visual, if you want to call it that way. It didn't say that. It says, but if you're not visual, you don't have to meditate on the word day and night. We all supposed to meditate. But you, you don't realize, this is the thing, just like you don't realize there's power in that word, you don't realize when you've been bound for years. You've been bound so much, you can't, sometimes you can't even reach to read the word if you try. And then you're so bound in pride, if somebody instructs you to do it, the pastor says, well, I ain't doing that. Because he asked. That's called pride. That's not humility. Humility is not just your selective humility. See, I was humble today. That person is not probably humble at all. It's something you live in. And guess what? It's, it's revealed when you're not prepared for a humble situation. It's not when you're, oh, I was ready for that today. I acted humble. No, 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 no. It's when you're unprepared for it. When you're asked to do something in a moment and that little twinge where you're just going to do what you want to do, fighting against it. I'm saying that because when we're about to talk about the next couple of weeks, this has been the key the whole time. You got to get in this. It's power in here. You can't be casual with it. And you do read. You just read another, you got your face in another book. But you are reading all the time. Even the sports people read, you read the ticker. I can't believe they traded such and such. How'd you know? It just came up, did, it, did somebody just auditory tell you? You read it. You're reading all, you read everything on the ticker. You read all the stats. You know everything going on with everybody. How do you know? Because you read it. So go through the agony of getting some power. Remember, it starts out with agony, okay? So you, you got that so far? Did I read that scripture? I read that, right? All right, Jeremiah 1.5. I'm sorry. I said Jeremiah 1.5. Uh, John 1.5. No, John 1.12. Sorry. Uh, 
I've had this habit for a while. I don't know why. Every time I write down, in the past, every time I write down John, it was supposed to be John 1.12, I write down Jeremiah. I don't know why. I'll go read that today to see why. All right, so uh, we'll read that in Amplified. It says, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, and right to become children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Now, this is such an interesting scripture. It says, so as many as received him, gave him gave, he gave power to. Now, remember we said there's power inside the word, right? It's power inside his promise. Now, Jesus is actually the manifested promise of God. Now, how do I know that? Because the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the same was God, right? John 1, 1. But it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that Word actually became a manifested person. And it says, as many as received Him, the manifested in the flesh Word, He gave power to. So when you receive the Word, you get power, Right? It says, but as many as did receive him, the word, the manifest, he's, he, was, he was God's promise in the flesh. It was all packaged in him. I mean, read John 1, 1, John 1, 1 and 2, I think it is, or John 1, 1 through 3, and then John 1, 14. The word became flesh and we beheld him, the, the, the only begotten of the Father. Well, who's that? Full of grace and truth. That's Jesus, right? John three sixteen, right? All right, so, so, so again, as many as received, you got to receive that word. And listen, you are not going to casually receive the word. I, keep, I say this all the time because it's, it's true. If I tell you right now, there's a million dollars in the mailbox, but you have to go to a particular address, you're just going to commit it to memory? It's a small address. You're going to write it down, ain't you? Put in your phone something. Why? Because you want to make sure you get to that address, right? So why isn't God word like that? Why isn't God word like that? And I'll tell you, I tell everybody, you increase your memory by 66% when you write something down. Is it important for you to increase your memory? It's important for that word, that engrafted word to save your soul. That's what it says. The engrafted word will save your soul, save your mind. Your will, your emotion, your intellect. Save your imagination from actually being arrested by nightmares. But you got to receive it. You got to absorb it. Remember what we talked about in, in Bible school, God gives revelation. That's his character being in nature. The vehicle is inspiration, inspired through the Holy Spirit. But we have a choice for illumination. That's us truly receiving it. So people walk around and have not been illuminated. They have not received the word. So they're not walking in the power of that word. So, so somebody comes up for prayer. Hey, hey, there's no inside tricks here. There's no inside information where we're going to walk in power and y'all going to be powerless. Ask me anything. I told you, there's some people come up here. I'll tell you in that moment, I ain't feel nothing. But they got their healing. You know why? Because we spoke the word. That's my, you want to know what the secret is? I believe the word. I have the word to use the word in a situation that's placing a demand on the word. And so I take those promises and by faith, it's converted into the power that the person needs at the time. A natural man don't even believe that. So they ain't going to use the word. A natural man don't even have the word. And they may know, they may have heard about the word, but it hasn't been illuminated, so they didn't receive the word. So that by faith, they're not going to use the word to convert it into power. How much is it worth to you to experience the power of God? Leaving that Bible on the shelf? So what I'm saying is God has got, listen, just like at one point, Jesus was like, come on, man, you err not knowing the scriptures and the power of God. So, so this is Jesus. He didn't sin, but he was angry, <laughs> right? I, I can see God going, are we serious? Why do y'all keep making requests that I've given you the promises that you can attach your faith to convert into power? You ain't even trying to read the promises. 
You're not even trying to use them to convert them into power. At least try it. But you, you, you know how like you, you hey, what do I, uh, how do I do this? How do I do this? And you get the information. And so instead of you writing it down, absorbing it, studying it out, so now it's a part of your repertoire, you just keep going back to the source. Now, how do I do this? Well, didn't I just tell you how to do that the other day? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I just, you know, I just, I used it that day, but I didn't try to remember it. I figured I'd just come back and get it, get it from you. No, God said make it your own. He said greater works we should do than him. Greater works. Not the one work back and way back on a, on a mission trip. Like, like the one work. We still riding off that one work. He said greater works. That, that, that's not Keith Bradley putting anybody down. That's saying, that's awakening. Recognize we've been riding on that one work. And, God, and there's been people around us that God wants to do many works through. Hey, if you're bored, how about assisting some people in their healing, some people in their deliverance? How about assisting a marriage to get out of the funk that your marriage got in? You, you know what I'm saying? How, how about helping somebody come out of darkness into light? It's plenty of time for that. If you're really bored, is the boredom, I constantly need high-level things that make me look good, or is the boredom, I just need some more souls to save? He's, he's got, sometimes just be quiet, just listen to the atmosphere, right? She said, a little ant running around, making noise in the midst of this quiet church, right? See, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we're, we're frustrated about our promotion, but our promotion is in offering ourselves to the kingdom of God. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, which is a reasonable service. But if I presented myself as a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1, how am I born? There's plenty to do in the kingdom. We didn't run out of, we didn't run out of souls. We didn't run out of lives. We didn't run out of people that need your gifts. Respectfully, it hasn't been about people's gifts. That's why people are bored. It's been about self. And so when it's about self, I ain't got time to get no power because what do I need it for? Just God give me what I need. Almost like your child just saying, give me, give me, give me, give me. But they they can't even do a chore. We're just saying, give me, give me, give me, as opposed to, I need to get more of this power because every time I get around a soul, they, 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 I got to keep pouring it out. So I got to go, I got to keep getting filled up. God, I see in a minute, I got to get filled up, man. I'm out here running out of power all the time, man. You know, just, just trying to save, change, and resurrect lives. Hey, be back, God. Ooh, man, this is a... Man, man, it's just always something to do out here. When I'm bored, I'm not even trying to get power because my life is not about others' lives. It's only about my circumstances, my platform, my business, my promotion, my ministry, my anointing. I'm exhaustive because my life is about lives. That's why I'm exhausted. You should, your life should be about lives. That's what's missing. They sing the song, uh, that's when you bless me. I gave it up, that's when you bless me. I let it go, that's when you bless me. I did just what you said. The song start going to my head, you know, but I don't want to slip and sing. <laughs> All right, Hebrews, not yet, not yet. Coming to a theater near you. I'm kind of like the, the Marvel uh, in, in 2025. Coming, to <laughs> Pastor Keith will sing 2025. Nah, he'll 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 put himself out there again before that. Look who I live with. All right, so Hebrews one one through four. Try to get me to sing yesterday. Jeriah too. He's eking on. Come on, Pastor. We'll just support you. Come on, buddy. 
You can do it. All right, so let's, 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 we're going to probably close with these. Two scriptures. Well, not these two scriptures. This passage of scripture and another scripture. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified again. So it says, in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in the but in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being the outrain or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint of the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty look, mighty word of power, mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansings of sins and writings of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of divine majesty on high, taking a place and a rank by which he himself became as much superior to angels as the glorious name title which he has inherited in different, uh, is different from and more excellent than theirs. So we got, he's saying like you have Christ who did his job, cleansed us and took away our guilt, put us back in position, but he sat down on, on the right hand with power. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, right? And so when, we're, when we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we, we're, we're in what? The body of what? Christ, the anointing one in the anointing. We have access to power. So when we attach our faith to the promises and the word, we have the ability to convert those things into power just like Christ did. Right? Uh, uh, Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. It says, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Look, he said, I send a promise, but tarry and you're going to be endowed or imparted or filled up with power. So the promise wasn't just the promise just to have a promise. The promise was to lead to power. See, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He, so basically he said, go and teach the word. Basically he was saying, go pour out my power on all who will receive it. I have all power. When you go and speak the promises and the covenant of the kingdom, you're going to pour my power on all types of people. My power will spread throughout the world. So don't just take my power for yourself. Disperse it. Freely is given to you, freely given to the world. Right? For the uh, 1 Corinthians 4.20, just write it down. It says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in words but in power. The kingdom of God does not consist in words but in power. And this is the thing. Uh, we're going to end Mark 16.20. Well, I said we was going with the other scripture. I apologize. We're going to end with this scripture, I promise. Mark 16.20. I think this is a perfect closeout scripture. Mark 16, 20, it says this. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Now, this is after he told them to go and preach the word. He says, and they went forth and preached the word everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So anytime the word was spoken out, there, had, there was some manifestation of power that produced a sign to show that this word is not just regular word, it's powerful. 
right? So that so 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 he was working with his promises with power following. He's working with his word with signs following. That's similar to saying he was working with his promises with power following, right? So we got to start engulfing ourselves and embracing ourselves in the power. It's the least we could do, okay? It's the least we could do, right? Challenge ourselves to, 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 to get into the Word. Start where you are. If you're reading some verses, read a chapter. It don't, listen, probably takes like two minutes to read a chapter. Start with a chapter and keep building on it. If you're reading a chapter, read three chapters a day, right? Uh, uh, call into Bible study fellowship. They're going through at least, at least two chapters and five or six passages every morning, right? Old Testament, New Testament. Start there. But, but start really embracing this word and not be casual with it because that's where the stopgap is, and some of us have grace because we have good hearts, but, but again, when you, when you find yourself with these surprising things crumbling and falling, God, God appreciates your service. What, what's the song you sing? I, I miss my time with you. You sing that, right? He said, you're so busy serving without my spirit in you. He says, I miss my time with you. You know, so it's, 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 it looks good on the outside, but there's no power behind it. Right? So let's stand on our feet. That's just something to think about. Promises to power. We'll get into how to wake up some of this dormant power next week.